Hi there, I'm Lane and this is Property Explained. These are my words and now I'm going to read them to you. Episode 57. What happens if my new build property falls in value during construction? One of the biggest concerns for property investors purchasing new builds is this. What happens if I sign up to buy a property for a certain amount, but the value of the property drops while it's being built? The good news is this scenario doesn't often happen, but it can happen. And as an investor, you need to know what it means for you and how to handle it. No, this doesn't mean that you've made a bad investment decision, but you need to know what could go wrong so you're not blindsided when the unexpected happens. So in this article, you'll learn why your property might come in under value and ways to manage this practically. Let's get started. So what do I mean by undervalue? Property investors often talk about the risk of a new build coming in under value. And this happens when an investor signs up to buy a property for a price. So, for example, $800,000. But then, while the property is being built, the value of that property falls. The investor then goes and gets a registered valuer to say what the property is worth, which is needed for the bank. And if the registered valuer says the property is now worth $750,000, it has come in under value because the registered valuation, 750 k is lower than the purchase price, which was 800 k Now, new build purchases are different to buying an existing property, because without sounding obvious, you're buying an off-the-plan property that has yet to be built. And building a property takes time. So there is space between committing, going unconditional, and actually paying for it, which is settlement. And there is a chance that the market will move within that time. There can be a lot of positives to buying this sort of investment. And one is that the value of the property does tend to rise during construction. And that's because the market may increase in value and the property that has been built is worth more than when it was just lines on a piece of paper. That tends to benefit investors because you lock in the price at the time you sign and then by the time you settle and pay for the property, its value may have increased. But of course, the market can move both ways. It goes both up and down. So when the market goes up, you've made instant equity on your new purchase and you've only owned it for a day. Great. But when the market goes down, it can become a bit stressful for property investors. This is when self-doubt can creep in. Have I made the right decision? Can I afford this? Or even, should I now sell this property? There are also practicalities around your finance that you'll have to negotiate to. The most significant thing that you need to look out for is how you pay for the property. And the big issue when your property falls in value is that the bank will often not lend you as much money as you thought. And that all comes down to -to loan-to-value ratio restrictions. These requirements are from the Reserve Bank to say that banks can only lend up to 80% of the current value of a property. If the value of your property goes up, so above the purchase price, there's no impact. The bank will lend you the lesser of the two options. For example, if your property was bought for 800k and it's now worth 850k, the bank will still lend you 800k. But if your property has gone down, the bank will now only lend you 80% of the new value. Let's go through a case study to make this really clear. Let's say you signed up to buy a $1 million property in Auckland. This was 18 months ago. Because it's a new build, you only need a 20% deposit, which is $200,000, and you've got the money set aside. But now the property has been built, you need to get a registered valuation in order to get your mortgage approved. But instead of $1 million, which is what you need to pay the property developer, the valuer says it's only worth $950,000. Initially, the bank was going to give you eight hundred dollars which is 80% of the property's original price. So 80% of 1 million is 800,000. But now the bank is only going to lend you 80% of that 950,000 because the value has gone down. And that means they'll only lend you 
$760,000. You still need to pay the developer $1 million, but now you've only got $960,000, which is your $200,000 deposit and the $760,000 from your bank. So you're 40 grand short. Ouch. How can you find the money to cover the shortfall? Option number one is use equity within your own home. But obviously you need to have either your own home or an investment property to lend against or B, spare equity that you haven't already maxed out trying to get the deposit. This might not be an option for all investors, particularly for those just starting out. You can use our equity calculator to see how much usable equity you might have available. The link for that is in the article that you're listening to. Otherwise, you'll need to talk to your mortgage broker to see if this is possible. Option number two is to use a lender that accepts the purchase price as a valuation. Not all banks are the same. Some will say the equivalent of, sweet as, that's all good, that your property is undervalued, we're still going to lend you at the original purchase price. If this happens, you don't need to find extra money because you're still able to borrow the amount that you thought you could. So if your bank won't lend you the amount that you originally thought, there are some banks which will accept the original purchase price, in some situations. For instance, our understanding is that TSB will accept the original purchase price as long as you have had a real estate agent within the transaction. In this example, speak to your mortgage broker about this option to see which bank is the right option for you. Option number three is borrow with a high LVR from a bank. A good rule of thumb in property investment is that banks will lend up to 80%. However, there is, in fact, no government restrictions about how much banks can lend against new build investment properties. Some banks will lend up to 90% against an investment property, and this is what's known as a high LVR loan. If I continue on from my earlier case study, if a bank were to lend $800,000 against a property that's worth $950,000, the loan would make up 84% of the property's value. The good news in this case is that you can still get the money from the bank that you wanted, but there are drawbacks for using a high LVR loan. And the main ones are, you'll often pay higher interest rates through a low equity margin, and if the bank advertises an interest rate of 6.5%, you might have to pay 7.2%, for example, while your LVR is above 80%. And number two, you'll miss out on cashbacks. When you take out a loan from a bank, they often give you a cash payment, so like three grand, if you stick with them. If you take out a high LVR loan, you won't get this. So while this option is often the simplest, it's not without its drawbacks, just so you're aware. If you can't get the money from a bank, your other option is to use a non-bank lender. They also have the option to lend above 80%, but just like a bank, you will pay a higher interest rate, you may not be able to get the cash back, and on top of that, you may also have to pay additional fees if you use a non-bank lender. It is a good one to consider, especially if you can't make up the money in some other way. Your last option is to use any cash that you have to bridge the distance. So you may be able to liquidate some of your assets, for example, any shares that you have, or perhaps you have some savings tucked away for such an occasion. Or your other option is to get a new valuation. Like anyone, two registered valuers can put different prices on a property. Opus Partners were recently working with two investors. They purchased very similar properties side by side and they both had to get valuations. The first valuer, so valuer A, said the first property was worth 2% less than what our investor had signed up to pay. This is very good in a market that had fallen 18% during the build time. The second valuer, valuer B, said the second property was worth 17% less than what our investor had signed up to pay. Yes, sure, this is roughly more on track with the wider property market, but it is going to make it tougher to get finance for the second investor. So in this case, if your valuation comes out really low, you can pay to have another one done. While this is an additional cost, it could save an investor a lot of money if they then don't have to pay the bank a high interest rate. 
or if you don't have to fork out 40 grand. Now, at this point of the game, it's common for investors to think, oh crap, my property has come in under value and I've lost $50,000. What a dud investment. I'd better sell it and find something else. And yeah, I get it. It can be easy to jump to a conclusion that the property is bad and seek to sell. But what if I were to ask you, if the value of the property went up by the same amount, 50000 would you have sold that property? And the answer is probably no. Well, it, it really should be. So why are you thinking about selling? And the reason you wouldn't sell is that you didn't buy the property to make a quick buck. You probably bought it for the long term. So if that hasn't changed, it's a good idea to continue holding that property for the reasons that you bought it for originally. The thing is, if your property comes in undervalue, you haven't actually felt the loss. The loss exists only on paper, just the same as any gain. It's only a gain on paper. If you paid for the property and then you decided to sell it, you've lost $50,000 because you've paid the developer $1 million and sold it for $950. And on top of that, you've probably lost another fifty grand once you've paid your real estate agent fee and your lawyer's bill. So by selling the property, you've crystallized those losses and turned what was a paper loss into a real one. But what if you decided to hold on to that property for the next 15 years? Chances are the market will recover and you will have made back that initial loss and go on to make significant capital gains. Then, when you decide to sell your property, you'll likely make hundreds of thousands of dollars. The bottom line here is, if the market drops, the best thing you can do is hold your nerve. Property is a long-term investment game, and if you panic sell, you risk crystallizing your losses, probably beyond what your property may have fallen in value. So keep that in the forefront of your mind if your property comes in less than what you were expecting it to. Because if you've done your homework right, and I'm sure you have done, you've bought a good investment, it's still a good investment, even if it is slightly less than what you've expected. Remember, you're buying to hold on to your property for the next 15 years. It doesn't matter what the market is doing now or next year or even the year after. Finally, who do I talk to about my situation? It is really important to speak to a professional for advice on your situation should this happen to you. If you are working with us here at Opus Partners, that person will be your property partner. However, even if you're not working with us, make sure you do work with a specialised property investor company so that if things do go wrong, you've got someone to chat with for advice. Good luck. Thank you.